One of the most useful things, at least in my opinion, that any working photographer can do is to attend seminars, workshops, and the odd trade show. There is always something to be gleaned. And one of the biggest of those in the UK is the SWPP convention. I've always loved this convention for its mix of networking, which I obviously love, and learning, which I equally need. Plus, it's just after Christmas, which gives me something to look forward to. Beyond the memory of sherry, mince pies, pine needles stuck in your socks, refuse cans stuffed full of discarded and, quite frankly, non-recyclable wrapping paper, the fire hazard that is tinsel, bloated stomachs, impressively average cracker jokes, the Queen's speech, and those dodgy afternoon movies, all of which, all of which is fading into the dim and distant past. Just when you think the next thing to get excited about is an Easter egg or the hope of a Valentine's card, there's the SWPP convention in your calendar to cheer you up and set you on your way for the year. And in this podcast, it is my absolute pleasure to be chatting to Juliet Jones, who, as the managing director of the societies, is responsible for putting on one of my favourite social events of the year. Well, hello. Had a good week. Well, we've been busy, but in a change to our regular format of the podcast, I'm actually thinking of splitting the interviews from our weekly chit-chat and updates. So let me let me know what you think about that. It's just that with the interviews being quite long, they're getting to a sort of the one-hour mark now, I thought it would be better to split the podcast into two distinct types. There's going to be uh, the interviews, which I would love to do one a week, and then they're going to be short sort of musings and thoughts from the week and things that have occurred to me and updates from the business. And hopefully you like that change and you like the, the fact that I'm going to do both and try and keep them separate. But do let me know. You can email me on paul at paulwilkinsonphotography.co.uk and I'll happily take any views you have into consideration. However, with no more introduction, this is my interview with Juliet. And as usual, I start by asking her to describe her role. My name is Juliette Jones and I am Managing Director of the Societies, um, which is a trade organisation for professional, semi-professional and amateur photographers. So that's what I would have known when I joined as the SWPP. Yeah, so the Societies are eight different societies, ranging from SWPP, which is Social, so uh, Society of Wedding and Portrait Photographers, all the way through to Society of Nature and Wildlife Photographers. So we actually, about six, seven years ago, decided that there were other fields that we could help. So we rebranded ourselves and made ourselves the societies. But you've kept the qualifications letters. I think there's still... Yes, so you would get your qualifications in that field. So you would, um, you could get a fellowship in nature and wildlife, a fellowship in fashion and glamour, a fellowship in society, wedding and portrait. Um, we do keep the, the branding is still there underneath for the different organisations. And you're, I mean, you, you are, I think, one of the biggest photographic societies we are, in the world. We're not as big as the RPS, yeah. um, but for professionals, we are the biggest in uh, Europe. We have around seven and a half thousand members. <laughs> it's huge, isn't it? From all over the world, yeah. and uh, majority are from Euro- uh, UK and Ireland, um, but we we do have members from all over the world. So, yeah, no, it was very exciting last year. I ended up sitting next to a photographer from the Midwest, I think, yeah. in the judging panel. He was brilliant. It was great. Really yeah. nice mix. It does mean that when we do things like the convention or we do qualifications and stuff, we're able to bring in. Um, photographers from all over the world like this year Jerry will be on yeah he's doing keynote isn't he 
uh, well, Jerry's actually judging. Right. Uh, Melissa will be chairing. Wow. Yeah, so if you're in that panel, <laughs> I would <laughs> watch fun. out. She's tougher fun. than Terry. Um, um, who else have we got coming over? We've got some photographers from the state, uh, from America coming over. We have the uh, wonderful Tony Corbell coming from America. So, yeah, it means that we can, I mean, it doesn't, we've got people from Europe, Greg Moment from Poland will yeah. be there. And, oh, I know Greg very well. Yeah, huh? so it, it does mean that you, when you run a, a show as big as the convention is, you are able to then bring uh, blood from everywhere. Yeah. And what, do you ever feel the pressure being at the helm of this sort of very large organisation? Do I feel the pressure sometimes? <laughs> um, yeah, it's. Um, um, I've done it for many years now. This will be my 17th convention and Phil and me have been running this for 21 years. So we had, funnily enough, something that was really good. We had a lovely letter the other day from a gentleman who actually was behind um, when the MPA um, made the SWP and it will be 30 years next year. Wow. And 21 of those years, Phil and me have had it. So, yeah. Um, so, yes, it was, um, it's not, it's not something that's happened yesterday. It's been built on yeah. success. So, yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. And what have, what's the biggest change you've noticed in the industry? In that time? I mean, that's a, that's a long time period, 21 years. Um, digital. It is digital. Uh, digital changed it. Um, if Phil was here and you asked him that question, he would say, well, when I was a portrait photographer, which was a long, long time ago, <laughs> he said in those days you had to make a commitment to do it. So you would buy a Hasselblad or a Bronica, you would buy your lighting, you would have a studio and you would have you would have to invest money to do that. So when he started off, he saved up and he bought his Bronica and then he bought his lighting equipment, then he found a studio. So he, when you... When you went into this industry you'd already invested a lot of money and you weren't going to let it fail I think that's a big thing that you weren't going to let it fail you were going to let it succeed because you needed you weren't you'd invested thousands of pounds you weren't going to let it go I think in this industry now because wrong or right you can buy a camera for two, three hundred pounds. They think that they can do the job. They try it. They don't get the training. They don't get the advice. They don't um, join an organisation. They don't get any help. And then they fail and then they disappear again. Yeah. And that's the industry has, it, it rotates too quickly. It right. turns around. The turnover is too, too, too fast. But then the ones that, do do it and think about it and do get advice and do listen to what their uh, fellow photographers say. Get help. They you Their chances of success is higher. Yeah, I think... So effectively, if I flip it around, is that what you've said is the barrier to entry is vastly reduced yes. to almost... Well, I mean, now a professional photographer will spend more on their phone than the kit they need to be a professional photographer. Yeah. But it doesn't make them a great photographer. No, and the ones that want to do it or ones that suddenly think, well, I want to make this work, and they do invest in their kit, in a better kit, then they get some lighting kit because they think that they think that they can just take a picture outside and 
don't realize that the sun is in the wrong way or a reflector (laughs) will help or or they go in the studio and they don't understand that if they do use light they will produce better saleable quality pictures which means they can charge more which means they make more money and the thing i mean something you said before people don't um an old gentleman is gone now called jonathan coleman i remember listening to one of his seminars a long time ago and he said right how much does that image cost you? Do you know what your bottom line is? Do you know how much you need every day to open the studio? Do you need to know how much your bills are, your home bills, so that you know how much money you need to make for that piece of image? Um, photographers don't seem to want to learn that. They, the ones that want to be successful do, but the ones that they don't want to do that, at the end of the day, a, photo, a, a, a photograph is a piece of paper. What you've got to do is make that piece of paper worth something. Yeah. And when you've got that concept, you then you will succeed. Yeah. So so many interviews I've done and I ask about photography and we end up talking about business <laughs> because I actually think that's so often the weak spot. I've seen some... As Phil would say, photographers are like artists. I have a daughter that's an artist. So she will doodle a day and produce beautiful work but they have no business acumen. The photographers, there is some photographers and they're really good photographers and they've gone and learned their skill, but they're not some of of the artistic photographers that do exceptional work and think about the sets and everything else. And they produce, but they can't be business people. And then I've got no people that are okay photographers. They've listened to what they've done. They produce saleable work but our business people and yeah. running around in Mercedes and, M- yeah. and Audis and everything else. So you've got, I think somebody, uh, I'm talking about people in the past, but another name that you might remember, Barry Thomas. I remember Barry Thomas, who was another person from the past who said to me when I first started the Societies with Phil, he said, if you haven't got time to clean your house or do your ironing, then bring somebody in because you can make more money running the societies per hour than you can to clean. And I think if, and and Phil says that, that story a lot, a lot of the time when he says that people are, if you can't sell, which not everybody can sell, it's not a problem, but you're a really good photographer um, you can't do the business side. Get people in to do that element of your business. Yeah. Bring somebody in to do your books and keep out what your profit margins are. Bring somebody in to do sales. Pay them a commission so they know that if they sell, they get so much money, so they're going to sell more. And that and and don't be afraid to do that if you are going to open a studio because that doesn't make you a bad person. It just makes you a better business person. Yeah, and... Um, with 21 years at the helm of this great association, mm. is, that was your number, right? You, yeah, 21 you, years, You're yeah. looking at me like you're still working yeah, at helm, yeah, but yeah. that was your number. Yeah. Uh, do you think you can spot, so you, you get new members all the time, do you think you can spot a photographer who's going to succeed or a photographer who's going to fail? Um, the, this, is on, this is on statistics upstairs. The photographers, the members that... Um, Enter the competition, go for qualifications, do mentoring, come to the convention and not to the trade show, pay to come to see classes, you know, put their money in their pocket, (laughs) their pay for something. And um, do, you know, not just us, 
go and do stuff at the guild, go and run a go on Jerry's website or whatever. Do actually physically do things will succeed. Right. But the ones that think that they can go to a trade show and pick up um, somebody doing on the fashion, I know how to do it now. Um, are, I'm not saying they're not going to succeed because that's incorrect, but I'll have less chance of succeeding. So if you want to do it, then get yourself involved. You know, you get a lot of people, I don't do the, use the benefits of membership. Well, you unfortunately, I can't tell you how to do the benefit. You need to get yourself involved and you will become a better photographer if you enter competitions because you'll become critical about your work. You'll think about entering, you know, come to the judging. I know Terry's going to talk about that in a minute, but the, uh, you know, listen to what photographers are saying about work. You know, they don't mean to upset you, that, that's not what it's about. But if you can see, if a judge tells you that there's something wrong with an image, then you can understand why what you're doing wrong. Yeah. You know, why why you have a mentoring report. Don't get upset about it if you've had a bad mentoring report. Take the advice on board. See how you can become better. If you're struggling with lighting, get somebody to help you with your lighting. Um, if you're struggling you know, you're not getting quite there to your qualifications, then find somebody that can help you to do it. There's, en- there's enough people in this industry that will give their time for nothing yeah. and help photographers because we are the most care. It's the most caring industry that I've ever been involved in. Yeah. But it's, it's also, you, when you say that and you're right, and I love it, uh, this is my home, yeah. but there's also this natural instinct to look at the negative side. If, does that make sense? So we hear this a lot, for instance, on the associations, what's in it for me? I mean, they'll paraphrase it in different ways. I'm paying my £15 or £10 a month or whatever the association is charging. What do I get out of it? And so often what I hear from people like yourself and others I talk to, well, if you put stuff in, it's not your £10 gives you access. It's what you do with the access. Yeah, involved, I can't make members do all no, the benefits right. of membership. But there are, but if you do everything on the list of benefits and membership, you will get more than £120 worth. Yes. If, you know, it, you know the magazine alone, the um, access to the convention, the the uh, qualifications, the mentoring, uh, the legal helpline, the discount on insurance. I mean, even if you took the insurance, you'll probably save your £120. But what you, you as a person, you need to take to be involved. And if you're not involved then you can't complain that you're not getting the service. So if I could stand you on a mountaintop, I mean, we're, we're, we're oh, actually within sight of Snowdon just yeah, here. Yeah, yeah. If I could stand you on a mountaintop and you could scream, please don't scream. No, 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 no let's go, yeah, yeah. If you could scream at the photography industry one thing, what would it be? Get involved, be involved, try and enter competitions, do qualifications. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, just be, do, try and be a better photographer by listening to other photographers okay and we boiled it down in the end yeah. we pulled it back from the seven things you yeah. were launching into yeah but <laughs> listen to other photographers and don't be afraid to take advice it's, there it's you getting go. involved it's that community yeah. thing isn't it uh, so you've run the convention since... 70 this will be my 17th year do you still get excited about it do i get excited <laughs> about it um yeah, I do actually. On the Monday before we're going down when my bags are packed yeah. and I've done all the hard work, even though the whole week is hard work, but I've done the majority of the hard work. Yeah, I do. I'm going to say, because I've talked to you in various contexts with both your role and mine, yeah. and 
you are quite passionate about all of this and that there's a there's always a risk with passion because when things are frustrating you properly feel it but when things are great you properly feel it um, i i love my role um you know when you know when 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 you do a job that you love yeah. then you going to be passionate about it um sometimes I want to scream on top of Snowden um especially when things are not going well but yeah I think uh, I always uh, I have to say we have a bit of a ritual Terry and me on the Monday we our bags our briefcases are packed and our suitcases are packed and we have a little photograph to say here we go again you know but I do and I get very as you know I get very emotional at the presentation evening um uh, which is a slightly different next this year coming, but I do get because I'm I'm in control. I have this ability to give these awards out, and these people have earned them. So, and I want them to appreciate what they've earned. And I think that is our. Um, I love doing that bit. I love giving success to people. Yeah, yeah. What's your Christmas like? Because you, you talk about the Monday, but you've got a run into that Monday yeah, that goes yeah. across Christmas. Well, um, for the last 17 years, we don't have Christmas. We, we <laughs> To be fair, we we have a bit of a ritual here. Um, we never work on Christmas Eve. We always have Christmas Eve off. Um, we always go to the pantomime at the theatre. Yeah, yeah. And then they come here. My, my, my grandson has only just figured it out and he's 11 um he, we come home and um the table's laid in the dining room and they think it's father christmas that's done it but um uh yeah we have a bit of a ritual on christmas eve christmas day <laughs> um i've got a rather large family so there's 12 here on christmas eve there isn't any on christmas day because they've all decided to stay at home this year but i've also said i was getting too tired to do it anymore and on boxing day i'm working (laughs) (laughs) because there's too much to be done yeah i wondered that because i looked at the timings of the convention and back calculated all of the work that was going on thinking (laughs) i lay you a bet christmas what happens is everybody we we have a run of sales right up to the december is really busy in sales don't get me wrong but then on Christmas Day, Boxing Day, everybody suddenly thinks Christmas is over. Right, convention time now. Yeah. And then you seem to get tickets coming in and people, speakers saying that I haven't done this, even though I've asked them 20 million times to do it. But because they're busy with their studios, this gets put on the back right. burner. Yeah. And it's like, oh, I haven't done this and I haven't done that. And I go, well, you need to get it done now, really. But yeah, it's... Um, <laughs> Remind me to drop you an email on Christmas yeah, yeah, Day. Yeah, 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 yeah. yeah. <laughs> well... We've had we've answered emails on Christmas Day before now, but you just get on with it. You know, I can have a break after the twentieth. So, I mean, do you properly after the convention? Do you properly take a break? We used to do PTO, so that was our break. Of course, yeah. Uh, but we're not doing that anymore. Um, we'll probably disappear for a week or so. Disappear off in a camper. Yeah, camper van somewhere. It's not the best time of year for it. No, no, we'll, we'll go somewhere. We'll find somewhere. We'll go somewhere hot. Suppose. Yeah, yeah. Um, but just yeah. Just we have to. I have to unwind. It's it's not always the week after because everybody thinks that the convention's done. It's dusted. You've got um, all the thank you letters to do. Um, majority of the trade book the week after. So and you have to be on that, otherwise you lose that momentum. Um, and then all the thank yous, and then you're already thinking about the next one which we're already thinking about the next one now because the dates are insecure. And 
And um, I think Colin's already sold stands for the next I was one. Because if you're selling stands to the trade straight after, you have to be confirmed. Yeah. So the, the dates are confirmed for 2020. Yeah, yeah 2020. Um, the Colin's already sold stands for 2020. And then in our heads, we're thinking about keynote speakers and a bits yeah. and pieces like that. And on that note, if you we were going to say to someone who's coming for the first time to the convention, yeah. how to get the most out of... I think if I was coming for the first time, I would buy a masterclass ticket, which allows you to go to any of the masterclasses on Wednesday, Thursday, Friday and Saturday. It's, I think at the top of my head, it's around £200. And um, I would do that. I wouldn't look at super classes um, and I wouldn't worry about anything else. I think I'd do that for my first year. The superclasses are great because they're very hands-on and I know you're doing one, but um, if you were trying to, if you're just starting off in the industry, that's what I would do. Gather as scoop up as scoop much as you can. Scoop as information as you can. Go yeah. have a notebook, write as much as you can, ask questions. Don't be afraid to go to people and say, I listened to your lecture, can I ask you a couple of questions? Because everybody will say yes. Yeah. I mean, the advantage about the Novotel, the bar is basically by the convention. Yeah. So... Um, I remember it when we were there six years ago, um, I think I went down to get a bottle of water and uh, Gordon McGowan is sitting there with an iPad telling everybody how <laughs> how Gordon Im- his images are better. But there you go. Gordon. But, <laughs> Gordon but um, that is the atmosphere that you get at the yeah. convention. I've never seen nobody say no. Yeah. And if they can help somebody, they will. Yeah, no, I was, uh, well, you said that, I was tuning on that. And of course, after last year's, I had a flurry of, Actually, I got a flurry of emails and texts because I think I gave up my mobile number. And um, could I meet you in the bar to talk about X? And and actually, I really like it. It's not just a case of saying yes or right. Then I actually really enjoy it. Catherine Connor used to say to me, um, it was the beginning of her year. It started the year. Yes. It makes you think, right, OK, I'm here. But then you also think about your own business and you see new products and you're, doing it and you're thinking, right, okay, I'm going to do a bit of that or I'm going to try that element in my business or I'm going to do this. So I think it just in it's, it makes the footing for the year good. I think so. I loved it. Yeah. I, my challenge was, I think, straight after. So I was, I was working abroad for over Christmas. Yeah. I came back, did the convention, and then immediately went and worked abroad for a month. And so I was doing all of these follow-up emails on the various ships around across the Pacific. But it was really lovely. It had started my year. There were all these conversations and it was exciting and there's just stuff. It was just I, a buzz. I think, I think the other thing is as well is that you understand that you're not the only one in this boat. Yeah. You Something you said before, you actually do see people that are in the same position as you are, that you... Um, um, the, the thing about photography and I think why your podcast works really is because... It's a very solemn industry and you're on your own and sometimes you're making decisions and you don't know if that decision is the right one for your business. So if you go to a thing, I mean, the convention attracts 15,000 photographers over the five days. There's going to be somebody in the same position as you. And because you can talk about it or ask questions or go to a seminar and somebody says, yeah, well, that's what, what happened when my business started. And this is how I've achieved this change and that change to make it, you know, that everybody is, somebody in the industry will have the same issue as you yeah. somewhere. Yeah. The only thing I've ever found with the conventions, it can be a bit overwhelming. 
I think it can be, but there's not much I can do no, about no. that one, really. Um, um, it is overwhelming. I mean, I had an email the other day, oh, you've put Nina Mice and Helen Bartlett on at the same time. Well, they're doing two different subjects. It's very, I can't please everybody, unfortunately. Um, there will always be something, you know. The, this year, the judging is on a trade show day. It's something new. We wanted to change it. Yeah. Wanted to attract more people to the judging because I think it's important that people actually do listen to judging. But it is on a day that there's master classes and yeah. super classes and trade show going on. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And in terms of the presenters, what do you think makes a great presenter how do you you know when you're looking at someone and you're trying to figure when out you how- have 500 proposals <laughs> yeah um um what makes a good presenter it, it all depends what the subject matter is we have a bit of a structure in the office so we look at them are, are they a member that contributes to the organization do they uh have they had a talk before in the past what were their numbers do they interact with their with the members so if we ask them to go on facebook group or um you know that sort of thing to you know we're doing this class are you you are, are they interacting with the members do they have a following um have they ever spoken before that's not a positive or a negative but sometimes we somebody we, we've had speakers that are we've we've made them the speakers they are you know um so we have a lot, quite a large uh, list that we go through. And then it's subject matter. Does that subject matter in, uh, fall into what we're trying to achieve this year? Um, I mean, we, I think there is 78 spots and there was 500 proposals. Yeah, it's tough, isn't it? It's tough. And you're always going to upset somebody and you're always going to um, probably not get a subject matter that you really wanted um, do you ever reach out? Do you ever say to someone? Yeah, Terry will. Terry will actually say to people, look, I need you to do this and this. You're really good at this. Um, we'll also look at, to tell you what we also do is, we'll look at um, people that have entered the competition. Yeah. Uh, Tony Moore's one of them. You know, he's done exceptionally well. He's speaking this year because we've gone to him and said, we really like what you're doing. Audrey Kelly was another one. Audrey was doing very well in the print competition and another one that I said, come on, have a go. Oh, I can't do it. I said, yes, you can. Yeah. Yes, it's funny, can. isn't it? People, people have a barrier about it. They'll stand in front of a crowd of hundreds at a wedding and take a picture, but find it hard to stand in front of a crowd of 15. But you're talking to your your fellow peers, yes. aren't you? Especially if somebody goes in that's really, like if you went into a class to say, I don't know, a newcomer, yeah. somebody you know, and you go, oh, Paul Wilkerson's in my class. And they're going, <laughs> well, yeah, because believe it or not, you know, Phil and me, when we when we took this, well, Phil was actually mentioned it the other day, 25 years ago, he went to WPPI in Las Vegas and he was then decided that that's what he wanted to do in the UK. Yeah. And, you know, 10 years later, that's what happened. Yeah. But we were at WPPI, we still go, we just, Tess and me were talking about it before because um, Luke Edmondson's now taken over the print comp- uh, their, their print competition. Yeah. And I said to him, well, if he wants me to go over it and be his run around which I've done for Jerry and Melissa before now um I said I will do it because that's what we're about we help each other you know I've, we've, I've got vast years of experience I will give anybody my advice if I can yeah no I, I, I attend the, the seminars because there's stuff I need to learn <laughs> it's pretty basic yeah but, there are like the, yeah but there are things that I think as you get older you pick up less things but you still pick up things to, that somebody does 
to change your business and it could be a workflow thing it could be a marketing idea it could be um uh, something as simple as some uh, somebody was telling me the other day that they wanted to change what they were doing because they were bored themselves and doing the same thing so they wanted a different lighting pattern so they wanted to see how somebody else did it you know we all learn from everything but well we 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 as you as we get more experience we change things to make it easier for ourselves or to renew to renewalize what we're trying to do so there's, there's another dimension as you become a presenter is i go to see presentations to learn different ways of presenting yeah so there's there's another dimension on top of it now which is a whole new learn uh, do you still get excited about it do you still i mean we've talked about passion but you still uh, really... yeah i get excited i get nervous i still yeah. get nervous on yeah. yes i get nervous at the <laughs> awards dinner yes i'm always nervous awards dinner um i um, i still get tearful when i'm doing things yeah. that mean a lot to me when i give out special recognition awards yeah. or awards for people that have done a lot for us um but i don't think that will change that's me yeah i think you have to have that don't you i think if i stopped having it probably it's time for me to step down yeah. but um when i mention that they all say no 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 <laughs> so um, well, yes because you and i have had several conversations late at night after various events yeah and you know sometimes there's a fairly heavy duty conversations but it's only because we really care you know, I'm, I'm not going to go I mean, into specifics, but I you know think, what I'm talking I about. I think that um, if you don't care in this industry, you're in the wrong industry. Yes, I've said that a lot. Uh, yeah, you, you, we, we're, Phil and me are very passionate about the industry. I think if I, when I met Phil in October 1999, I asked him what did he want to do. And he said to me he wants to make the photographic industry better. And I think he has achieved that. Yes, I, I would agree with that. I think the convention is exceptional and the societies themselves do you still i mean i you know i kind of know the answer given your passion for it but do you still think they are relevant in this particular time um i think organizations are um i think organizations on the whole are struggling they're not just in our industry phil will say that as well um i think they are there to help photographers um, I think the photographers have, people have changed, more, more of them do it as a second job, which is fine. I haven't got a problem with. And we still want to be good photographers, yeah. though, even though they do it as a second job. A lot of them are, care, are parents, children, carers of, the, of their parents. Yeah. So I think the industry is in a bit of a change. I think um, lots of things will happen in the next two years. Um, and I do think organisations are still part of it. Um, I mean, we, we have relationships with the the, the MPA and the RPS and the Guild. So I think they are. I think they might become smaller and there might not be as many organisations. But I can't really say what will happen. Yeah, no, it's, it's interesting, isn't it? It's an interesting time because there are lots of... You know, I hear this a fair amount, which is people saying, well, you know, what good is it doing me? There's lots of great photographers out there who are not members of associations. I think that's absolutely true. But I can only say from my point of view, my the community I've managed to find and be a part of has fundamentally helped me build the business. I think because people say to me, well, what's the use of qualifications? And I think personally, the general public don't understand qualifications and they never do, right? Um, but then again... I think for a photographer, if you've got qualifications, 
it then justifies you in your mind that you can do the job. Yes, absolutely. And you can uh, feel more comfortable charging more money. Yeah. Um, um, and I think you become a better photographer going through qualifications and and I, I, and you can't do that without an organization of some sort yeah. i think every every photographer and I, we will never go down that route because we're not we're not like the others but i still think that photographers should all do qualifications yeah i i, I would agree with you because even doing the licensee or associate you are becoming uh, critical of your work yeah now, the, uh, the reason I would say do qualifications rather than necessarily uh, competitions, which I also say you should do, yeah. is that with qualifications, you are only judged against yourself. It's it's you and then getting your work to a standard, whereas competitions, unfortunately, you can produce the best work of your life and somebody else produces that slightly better work. You're going to come second. Yeah, or and the thing about competitions, it's one image. Yes. Why qualifications is 20 images and um, you are... Uh, you. I think qualifications are harder because you've got to produce 20 images of the same quality or theme or genre or, you know, you know, you can't have a panel that doesn't sit well together. While with one print, you might take one amazing sunset or uh, wedding picture um, and you might win everything with it. And, and, And the two of you have run the association 21 years husband and wife team, yeah. family organisation in that yeah. sense. Um, I was going to ask you, firstly, how have you found it working with your husband? How do I find it working with my husband? <laughs> I actually, he's not here to defend yeah, himself. No, he's not here to defend himself. Um, I actually love it. I've, um, um, I think it's very strange when he's not around. Um, we do bounce ideas off each other. Um we work well together. Uh, don't, don't get me wrong. I mean, um, sometimes I could kill him, <laughs> which, you know, can I think can happen with any team that work together. He will go and play his saxophone and I'll go for a run, you know. Yeah. Don't get me wrong, but we do, we do really work well together. We think the same. Um, we come up with the same ideas, uh, different a- angles to the same yeah. ideas. Um, but, yeah. But you've, the question now leads on to the next bit because unlike most husband and wife teams, you also work with your kids. Yeah. And how does that work? How does that work? Um, I'm very lucky. I've got a wonderful team upstairs. Um, I have my, Phil's brother works for us as well. Um, I think over the summer we made Colin a, um, a director and he... Uh, has now taken more of the day-to-day running of the business because we've decided to not step away but just take a a slight a sideway direction and it was it was actually love it we went away for two weeks and we came back and he says we've I've done this and I've done that and I've done this and I've done that and I've done this. and it was like really energizing yeah. because I wouldn't say we're old farts well Phil is an old fart he's 60 <laughs> but um as you get older, you you stay in things that you know that work. Yeah. And because you've done, over your career, you've done things, have tried things and they didn't work, you know not to do them. What's happening now is Colin is trying with Terry to do things 
which possibly didn't work for us, but are working for Colin, or he is finding that they don't work either, but he is trying them. And and I think, and the other thing is, is that, well, is that for my generation, there's less of us, but there's more of Colin and Tessa's generation. And I think it's good to have that young blood coming up behind us to, to keep us awake and alive and and come up with ideas I, I do like it though when we come in and they'll go and they'll say well we've got this idea what do you think of it and we'll go well my advice is no that would work or go and have a go see if it does work and I think that's nice to know that we still can have that advisory role I mean I laughed before because I'm only there to pay the bills these days but <laughs> it just gives us that you know Terry for, for me this year she's done a lot of the competition uh, the convention she's done most things but then her workload was getting heavy with 20 by 16 and I was able to say right I'll take that bit over it's funny when I send an email everybody replies but I think it's because I say if you don't I threaten everybody at the bottom of the thing but it's just that um it's good for them thing don't get me wrong we we do get fed up of each other yeah uh, you know, but we're also quite a close knit family. So, and, and and I think Phil has always been that sort of close knit family. I think that's why a lot of people like us because we're a family business. Yeah, yeah. If you had your time again, would you do it the same? Would I do it the same? Uh, possibly. Yes, I think I would. We might do things slightly differently, but um, yeah, I think we would. What's the biggest mistake you ever made? Oh, I know what it was. We did um, a mailing to Europe, which cost us £17,000. <laughs> and uh, most of it came back returned, not no. known at the address. No. It was one of those things. <laughs> wow. So that was the biggest mistake we've done. Uh, right. And some wrap-up questions, yeah. almost literally wrap-up questions. What's your favourite Christmas song? What's my favourite Christmas song? Silent Night. Is it? Mm. That's an unusual choice. Yeah, I'm quite Christian. Yeah, very, that's very, you know. Yeah, my husband's been playing on his saxophone for the last week and a half, so yeah. <laughs> Christmas is here. Yeah, Christmas here, only because he's learning it. But we also yeah. have the most beautiful Christmas kind of house. It's, yeah, yeah, It has yeah. that Victorian yeah, sort of yeah, vibe yeah. about it. Uh, do you like Brussels sprouts? No, but Phil does. Oh, dear, contentious. So I like yes, Brussels sprouts. Yes, um, he was very disgusted yesterday because he only got three on his plate in the hospital. Uh, but he, uh, yes, he likes Brussels sprouts. <laughs> what's, what's the best Christmas present you've ever had? Um, what's the best Christmas present I've ever had? Uh, I think this Apple Watch, actually. Is it? Because I didn't know about it. Uh. And, and Phil was quite chuffed that he actually felt... Because normally he has to ask me what I want. Yeah. And he and him and Lucy did it all on their own. It's lovely when that happens, isn't it? Um, the other ones, the other presents I like, and um, Phil and me like, is when the kids do us doing presents. So we've done um, lunch on the Orient Express and things like that. Yeah. What's the best present you've ever given? Uh, a tennis sax to Phil last year, an antique tennis sax. Hence the silent night that he's practising. He's got a, he's got an alto, but he wanted a tenor, and I found a vintage one which is the same age as him, and he's had to have it repaired. But it's it is the most beautiful sound. Yeah, I'm gonna say the old ones have that that yeah. softness in the sound, yeah. don't they? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, and what's the best photography book you own or would recommend somebody else owns? Right, I'll tell you a little secret. I am very privileged to have a bookcase full of photographic books, but we are given books from photographers and we will only accept them if they sign them. And one of the ones that I 
precious the most was a limited edition from Monty Sucker. Oh, yeah, he's a lovely guy, wasn't he? Yeah, and he's signed. Oh. But all my books are signed by the photographer themselves. Oh, that's nice. We want me to send you a signed copy of a yeah, book. Yeah, yes. Yeah. <laughs> Just to um, get it on the bookcase. Um, um, yeah, because I've got several of Jerry's there as well, but Jerry's is not allowed to give it to me without it being signed. Uh, okay. I think he maybe did. There might be worth something. Yeah, you just wait. So if, if we find that you poison everybody's tea at the convention just to raise the value of that bookcase, you yeah, know, if, it, Jer- if Jerry keels on stage, I know yeah. you're just trying to raise the value of your bookcase. Uh, but Monty Zucker, I mean, he was a proper gentleman, wasn't he? He was lovely. Yeah, and he also taught people what light was about. Yeah, yeah, he, he was, was, uh, he was he one of the was, greatest. I think, I think people should go and look at YouTube clips. Yeah, and the, the irony for me was I, I was never into his work particularly. It wasn't my flavour of work, but I was enthralled by him and his approach. I loved Another it. Another name. I'm, I'm popping a lot of names yeah, you are here. Just dropping names now. Yeah, dropping. The other one that I remember is Bambi Control. Oh yes. Now Bambi said to me, she said once upon a time when she was talking in one of her seminars, she said, "To learn light, you need to know how to do it properly. So you need to do a Monty Sucker class yeah. to know how to do light. When you know the rules." Then you can break them. Then you can do. Then you can do your creative side of it. But you need to understand what light is. Yeah. No. Absolutely. I saw him present. I saw him present actually just on the same day as Bambi Kintrell. I saw the two of them together. Fantastic day. One of the best days of my life. Yeah. Yeah. Because you need to. uh, Monty was very strict about light. He would make you see it, and if you didn't see it, he would bang it into you till you did see it. Um, While Bambi, uh, Bambi would break the rules to make the image look amazing. But she understood light. And I think if photographers understand light, then they become better photographers. Yeah, absolutely brilliant. Right, as the closing part of this little podcast of ours, this is your opportunity to give the convention a shameless plug. Right, so convention, well, it's on from the 16th to the 19th of January at the Novotel Hammersmith, um, Novotel London West Hammersmith, I should say. You can book on www.swpp.co.uk forward slash convention. Um, what else can I say about it? You need to come along, even if you just come to the trade show, but you would learn more if you pay for some classes. And um, we have things that are free, like the trade show and the judging on the Wednesday and Thursday. And if you can make it to that, you will really learn something. And I really do hope you do, because it's a fantastic event. I will second that, and I will put uh, additional information in the footnotes. Uh, Juliet, thank you very, very much for your time, and uh, I look forward to seeing you post-Christmas, pre-convention, in the thick of it. Thank you very much. So there you are. Hopefully, hopefully we're going to see you at the convention. It runs from the 16th to the 19th of January 2019 at the Novotel London in West Hammersmith. It's four days of education and social in one form or another provided by photographers from across the globe. And I'm going to be there too. I'm running a hands-on superclass on Friday the 18th of January where we will be dealing with all things posing or, well, more specifically, how to pose people without really trying. Because in my world, the more natural it is, the better. So that promises to be an exceptionally good session. Like I said, it's hands-on. It's four hours of photography, a couple of models, a bit of daylight if the weather's good enough or studio light if not. But it's all about how to place people, how to read people, how to pose people and how to make portraits feel 
authentic and natural. Then the following day on Saturday the 19th, I'll be hosting a masterclass, which is all about the workflow of a portrait photography business, uh, taking hopefully some of the images from the previous day's superclass and stepping through the set as we would for any regular client. Uh, and on top of that, um, the judging for the SWPP convention will be done by then. I'm one of the judges and I'll be going through any notes that popped up uh, for uh, people who like to enter competitions, anything that occurs to me, anything I observe. I'll be doing uh, what has proved to be pretty popular, which is my rundown of the things that I saw, the things that I heard and the things that I've learned. Uh, and I'll be passing that along. Uh, both of those, you need to head across to swpp.co.uk forward slash convention that's swpp.co.uk forward slash convention uh you'll need to book now with the master classes you book for the four days or a couple of days whatever you'd like and then on the day you can choose whether or not you're you've got a headache or whether or not you'd rather be in the bar you can actually mix and match as long as there's space in the room you can get in however the super class the friday super class you have to book that in advance there are only 10 spaces uh, i think we're already two-thirds full uh, we'd love to fill it so if you fancy that get in now uh, and book your place and if you've enjoyed this podcast, please do share it amongst your friends, amongst other photographers, to your family. In fact, I wouldn't be at all embarrassed if you shared it with strangers on the streets as long as it gets out there. And also, please do leave us a nice review on iTunes or Podbean or wherever you get your podcasts. Uh, the reviews do really help, uh, partly because it helps the search engines find us, but well, mostly because it makes me feel a lot better when I'm spending ages battling it out with microphones and audio production software. So please, please, please. Uh, do leave us a review and subscribe to the podcast as well so that it pops into your world just when you need it. Maybe as you're about to drive across the US or walk the dog in the pouring rain, or maybe just as you're settling in for a nice long bath with scented candles and something suitably foamy and you're wondering what could bring a little calm other than Kenny G's greatest instrumental hits. Go on, you know you want to. So until next time, lie back, ease into those bubbles and remember, be kind to yourself. Take care.